Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I am super excited today because I have Stephanie Shaw, and we are going to dive into pain with a purpose, which doesn't sound exciting, but I promise it will be exciting. Welcome, Stephanie, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we have truly a treat today because Stephanie's story is one of triumph over conquering tragedy and and really painful experiences and coming out as the phoenix that she is as a successful businesswoman. And I thought it was really important for us to bring that story to light because I think so many of us can have rocky beginnings to our business. So I wanted to share that. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about who you are, how you serve people, and then we'll dive into your story after that. All right. First of all, again, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, I work currently. I work with divorced women who want to lose weight, have more confidence, and more energy. And we do that by peeling back the DNA layers of what's going on in their body, and I set up for them clear a clear path to making sure they get to where they need to go. As a result, I'm finding folks are eliminating their anxiety medicine, losing weight, gaining confidence. So it's been an exciting journey and I love working with the women. That's awesome. Well, you know, well, maybe you don't know, but I have actually been on a healing rampage over the last like 12 to 18 months. And so I love talking to and and really incorporating these types of conversations into business because I don't think that enough people do. We separate the personal from the professional too much. And we are a whole person. Yes. We are a businesswoman. We are also sometimes a mother. Sometimes we're a spouse. Sometimes we're a single person. Sometimes we're a doggy mommy. Like we (laughs) are like a holistic person with interests and health and spirituality and all of that outside of who we are and how we serve people. And so I love what you do. And when I heard snippets of your story, I was like, I just have to have her on the show. So tell us, bring us back to where you were um, several years ago, what happened, and then how did you end up starting your business? Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I I actually spent almost 20 years in corporate America, super stressful job with a Fortune 500. I spent 10 years. I started an education nonprofit where we did data management. So that in and of itself was super stressful as well. And the last two years there, actually it was March 23rd, 2017, I was in New Orleans for a business trip. And a coworker and I decided we were going to Bourbon Street just to, you know, check it out, see what's yeah. going on. I physically stepped onto Bourbon Street and I had every stroke-like symptom that you could have, numbness and jaw, pain, rapid heartbeat. I didn't know what was going on. And that started a two-year journey of trying to figure out what was going on with my health. And at the time, I didn't realize I was actually making it worse because I didn't tell anyone. So, you know, corporate woman, I got it all together. I got, I have to still go to every meeting, still show up, still show up for my board. And I hit everything, which on top of the rapid heartbeat, the pain, the, I was having problems with my eyesight, losing my hair, all of these hormone related issues I was keeping to myself. So it started, I started having anxiety. Yeah. Um, during that two, 
two-year process, I saw 18 different doctors. Oh my gosh. Two world-renowned medical facilities. If I said the names, you wouldn't know. I traveled throughout three different states trying to figure out what was going on with my body and no one had an answer. I finally found a naturopath and he suggested that I make some changes to my diet, but it was like a two-pager and I needed more in depth. Like I needed to know step-by-step why was this happening? What's going on? So during that two years, I took the time to study, get some certifications, and I used what he had given me to recognize that I wasn't alone in this journey. Mm-hmm. And it didn't just start that day on Bourbon Street. It had been going on for a long time. And we as, we as corporate women or as executive women, we often push back those small, yeah. oh, yeah, I get a migraine because of stress at work. I didn't realize all of this was building up. And then, boom, I just completely crashed. So even though it was a lot of pain for those two years, you're exactly right. I took that pain and I made it into my purpose. Oh, I love that. And then you moved from after that incident, you were able to leave corporate and you were able to move into helping others with other changes in their life. Yeah. So, yeah, that's amazing. We had a conversation right before talking about when it's time for you to stop. If you don't stop, something bigger than you will make you stop. And that same thing happened. So I knew I was supposed to take this knowledge and help other women. And one of our largest grants, they said no. They said wait. But by them saying wait, it made like this whole trickle effect of other grants not come in for us. So it's like time for me to give up that position. Yes kind of got tired as well. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then started, I, I'm like, okay, now's my time to help others. Well, and I've said that before on the podcast here before, so it's not a surprise, but like that, I felt at the time in retrospect, I know it was a different experience, but what I was experiencing at that time was that I was, I had no other option that yeah. I, I was so petrified by the trauma of being fired because it happened right, right at my 40th birthday. And I was like, who effing gets fired when they turn 40? Like, this is something that happens when you're 20 or 19. Like, I'm, you know, but I was having a ton of personal things happening. I was caregiving for my dad. I was having a lot of stress and anxiety at home. And there was just a lot of things going on. And on top of all that, I was in an extremely toxic work environment. And it was just so like, go just getting myself up to go there was such a difficult thing. And then being there all day and just, just like put myself in that situation. I can feel the adrenaline start rushing through my body, just like imagining the situation of being in that environment. And so, you know, you asked if it was okay to talk about God and I was like, F yes, let's talk about God on the show. But, you know, but like, I really feel like, it was God yeah. or the universe source, whatever you, whatever the divine is for you. I feel like it was God saying to me, this is not serving you because mm-hmm. what was also happening for me at that time was I started drinking very heavily and because I was just so miserable and I'm grateful and I'm so, so grateful. I mean, it was a, it was a kind of an extended period of time. It was like a two year period of time that I was drinking very heavily, but I think I escaped the clutches, you know, where some people don't escape the clutches. I'm happy to say I don't, you know, I, I'm able to elect out and be sober and just 
say, you know, and I've been able to stay sober and, and I've been able to live a better life, but I felt forced and pushed into going into business and I resented it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I called myself unemployed for a while. Like yeah, and my, <laughs> my and my counselor said to me, she's like, Raya, you have two clients. That's called self-employed. Like <laughs> you can't say that you're unemployed just because you're not working in the capacity that right. you feel like a normal person would work. Right. And so what I wanted to kind of explore and what I thought was really interesting is this concept of like, is it force or is it innovation? You know what I mean? Like where you have limitation limits, we'll call them limitations. And if you're on audio and not video, I'm doing air quote limitations where, because I have family members and friends and colleagues who have, who do live with physical pain Mm-hmm. And they can't work a traditional job. I, I've had employees who have either mental or physical limitations where they can't. And I have a different working arrangement with those people because right. I respect their, first of all, they're able to give me the deliverables that I need in the time frame that I need. So I am more flexible with them. And because it works, like we've been able to find a rhythm that works. But I think you have to think about that sometimes when you're thrown into a situation like myself or like Stephanie, you have to tell yourself, no, I am not being forced. I am transforming myself. Yeah. I am innovating. I am creating something that works for me, for my body, for my psyche, for my spirituality. And, you know, did you feel at the time that you went into business because you had done the work? Mm -hmm. So did you feel like you were transforming yourself into like, it must've been empowering to say like, I have, like, not only have I basically healed your own body by advocating for yourself, but then you're like, wow, I can, you know, take this to other people. Did it feel more transformative for you? Yeah, it did more than more so than so than forced because I started to look back and I looked at it. So you said 40s. Mine, I, I was turning 50 when all of this happened. Mm-hmm. So when I looked deeper at the actual transformation, all of the ability to network, to write, to speak, all of that came from my corporate communications job. Mm. All of the ability to um, do HR, to do accounting, to manage a business, all of that came from my nonprofit. So while initially I didn't think, oh, you know, I, I thought I can't do this, but this isn't going to work. I need more help or I'm not prepared to be an entrepreneur. When I looked deeper, I thought I had been setting all of this up. Oh, yeah, surely. So it all worked out. So I don't feel like it was forced at all. If you feel like it's forced as a female entrepreneur, if you sit there and think about your path, where you came from, you're never alone and you have those skill sets that you need. You just need to figure out how to twist, manipulate or move those sets around so that they can help you in this new experience that you're having. So it's been super rewarding to me to say that I am doing this for myself and by myself. Yes. Because while I don't have physical limitations as in, I, I don't want to compare what my limitations are to people who have real limitations. I'll just put it that way. But the ability to work for myself and to get up from my seat when I need to, move yes. around as I need to, take 
You know, if I want to work hard for four days and then take three days off, or if Mm -hmm. I want to work hard for seven days and take two weeks off, that flexibility, I think is incredible. So in that manner, it may feel, again, it just, it just feels feels good to be able to do that. So I, I love this experience and I would, I would uh, encourage anyone else if, if that window opens for you to really sit down and look and think see about how it. Yeah. yeah. I have found yeah. that for myself too. Like I've thought, I mean, in the moments of weakness, when I have like my scarcity mindset or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and thinking, Oh, I'm just going to go and get a job or whatever. But then I yeah. think about it and I uh, like, I just recently moved. I had a, right before COVID hit, I signed a lease on an office because I was going at that time, I was going to have people come and host people at my office because I did a lot of networking and co-working spaces. Right. And obviously like one week later, COVID hit and that was like all out the window, but I created a space for myself where I could lay down. And then now I have my office in my home. My um, eldest daughter moved out. And so her, thank you, Angie, for moving out and creating (laughs) a beautiful space where I can have Frida Kahlo in the background and beautiful flowers, you know, and like, and just have this like sacred space where it's so inspired. But the bottom line is for me, I do have anxiety. I live with anxiety. And sometimes by the afternoon, I have not eaten or I haven't had enough water or I'm just feeling overwhelmed because I give and give and give because I love people and networking. And I need like 10 minutes where I can like desensitize, like nose, like I'm on sensory overload and I need a, a fuzzy blanket and to like get horizontal. And like, what corporate job are you going to be like, where's my fuzzy blanket where I can lay down for 10 minutes? You know, like, I would be, I mean, like, I can just imagine, like, now that I've recognized that this is something that works for me, like hiding under a desk or something, I don't know. But I, but I, when I, when I go to those moments of like questioning myself, I think, no, Raya, there are things about this that work for you that really honor and respect how you work best. Yeah. And like, I get paid to visit and talk to people and to know about other people's businesses and to like be in the public and just know people. And, and when, when you were saying too, about looking back on your journey, so my history was 20 years in healthcare and I worked in administrative management in like in specialty practices. So a lot of oral surgery, but some dermatology cosmetic surgery and, you know, like a little smattering of this and that, but I did a lot of referral connections. And so my business is called Link Consulting Solutions because we have an overarching theme of connection, connection to yourself, connection to somebody globally through virtual assistant matchmaking, connection to your client through client re-engagement. And all of those things, I would have not had those skills if I had not started like way back when getting into healthcare. I mean, I was like literally my very first job outside of Ross Dress for Less was <laughs> at a hospital and I worked in um, the cafeteria and in their catering department, you know, like slopping in the at the hospital. Yeah. And then it moved to telecommunications, which moved to a dental office, which moved to, you know what I mean? Like and you just have this little path that you go yeah. along and you pick up these skills along the way. 
and they all lead to something. And so when you are feeling in that anxiety or you're feeling in that sense of lack that you're not enough or you're not prepared, all of the resources are not only available to you, but they are within. And yeah, I love that. I love that you're you you you've built all of those tools. You just have to think about how do I step back and pull from what I already yes. know. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So for you personally, what's your equivalent of a fuzzy blanket and a getting horizontal? Like what, (laughs) what do you do to help you stay centered, healthy? Because I know you're not currently struggling with the physical symptoms, but I'm sure there are things that you do to avoid that coming back to you, to avoid having that, you know, having that situation happen again whether that be in the same type of manner or in other adaptations of that, what's your fuzzy blanket workaround for you? Yeah, I have a couple. So one is having an accountability partner. So in my role, that's exactly how I act to my clients. I act as that accountability partner, but I need one myself. So I have an accountability partner. Hey, having a rough day, you know, say a prayer for me or speak something positive over me because I just need that right now. That's huge to me. And that's a, you know, 20 seconds kind of thing. You you need a cheerleader every once in a while. But the other, the way that I call myself is I'm looking over. I don't have it in my office right now, but a lot of times I'll have a yoga mat in my office and Mm. I don't do 500 different moves. Sometimes you can just, I don't know what it is about the mat. Sometimes you can just stand there and you feel more grounded. Or you can what is it called? There. Mountain pose. Yes. That's a, that's a total power yes. pose. That's it is like, a power pose. like just like, pushing your feet into the ground. Your hands are stretched out. Your yeah. shoulders are back. Yeah. And that's just like recentering yourself and just saying like that. Thank, thank you so much because my, so everyone has their word of the year and right. I have a phrase. So my 2020 phrase was healing and abundance. Okay. So I went on a, like I said, a rampage, like I tried all different modalities and everything, but my 2021 phrase is shoulders back, heart out. Oh, I love and that. the mountain pose is the literal <laughs> epitome of that. So when yeah. I'm feeling like fuzzy blanket mode, when I get up from my horizontalness, I need to get in mountain pose because that is like the epitome of like really just putting your, like, how can you be insecure or make bad decisions when your shoulders are back? You know what I mean? Like it's a physical thing, but it's also like a mental thing. Like you're like, okay, I am a bad bitch. I am (laughs) boss lady. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm here. I am powerful. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's so, so let's say you don't, you do, you're still in corporate America and you don't have a job where you have that flexibility. When you're projecting that, it uh, comes across in conversations, it comes across in the way you do your work. And it's such an easy thing to do. So, yep, I do my I love things. that. The yeah. other thing along that lines in meetings that I've heard both from another guest that was on the podcast, Elise Tager, but also I love Mel Robbins. She's, you know, all over everything. Mel yeah. Robbins, everything, everything. Yeah. Mel Robbins, please come on my podcast. But she says you can't lift your voice if your head is down. Mm. And so stop taking notes at meetings. Mm. Start participating. Put your hand up. Say, John, thank you for sharing that. That really makes me think about X, Y, and Z because it's literally just making your voice be heard, but lift your head up. 
Yeah. We do that as women where we're like, we step into the whole crouching down, taking right. the notes, whatever. No, shoulders back, heart out, mountain pose, like yeah. participate, raise your voice, you know, lift your head up. And I think it's like, it's a physical thing for ourselves, but also you're, you are showing respect to the speaker. You are engaging, you are, you know, and I think you'll surprise people because they're like, oh, I didn't even know Stephanie was here. I didn't even know Raya was here. Oh, good. They'll never, I mean, I talk forever. Like I have a hashtag Raya rant because I will (laughs) talk forever. So that would never be a problem, but you know, not everybody is that way where it's easy for them to jump into conversation, but it's small, like little small steps. Like if you don't feel like you can speak up, just lift your head up and make eye contact. You know what I mean? And say, yeah, I really agree with that. Thank you for sharing that. You know what I mean? Like that you can say, you can say like, thank you for sharing that. And that is, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what would you say since you did have And I had this too, like this was my, you know, like, like I said, God closed the door. Like I, my plan, my plan was that if I was going to be in healthcare, that I was going to go all the way. So I was going to be a DNP, a doctor of nurse practitioner, Mm -hmm. and I was going to go into gerontology. I was going to be for the elderly, the aging population. And I had my college planned out. I had everything all planned out. And that's why I was in this toxic job to gain clinical experience, to have the experience I needed to get into the school that I wanted to get into. And I was so stubborn about it and so bullheaded that even seeing the drinking, even seeing the toxic stress that I was under, even like, I mean, they they just genuinely hated me there. Like they did not like me. And I've never had that. I've always had a good rapport. Like maybe there's one or two people where I don't like click with them, but they don't like hate me. And like, really they disliked me at this job. So it was like miserable. And even after all that, I was like so stubborn. I was like, no, I need like at least two years of experience to get this down. And, and God was like, Oh honey, you're so (laughs) cute with you and your plans. Um, no, no, we're going to go ahead and close this door for you. And that, then I felt lost. You know, I felt like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but what it did do once I got into business, once I felt a fully, I started business. I was doing this on the side in May of 2018. And then I got fired in the end of September of 2018. And then November 1st, so in, somewhere in September or October, I said, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, this is not a side gig where I get Venmoed. Uh, you know what I mean? Like this is the business. So uh, November 1st, I got a business license and it was official, official. Right. And I had to do a lot of inner work to like, and that's still to this day or whatever, but there was kind of this like, actual distinct periods, what would you say that the differences for you as an entrepreneur versus being in corporate are for like the physical, the emotional, the spiritual side of who you are? Like, what does that feel different? Like who was Stephanie back then in those areas? And who is Stephanie now in the physical, the emotional and the spiritual level And how has that changed for you? Yeah. So physically, I wasn't present. So I, again, in corporate America, I had the company car. I was traveling a lot, raising three kids at the same time. 
So physically, I wasn't present. Now, physically, I show up and I show up present. Like I consciously think about a scenario. So for example, my son and his wife are pregnant right now. Oh, yay! I mention it every time I can. But in four weeks, baby Ruben will be here. So like when I call to talk to him and he's jumping around in the stomach, I am like sitting there mentally thinking about what that looks like, what that feels like and how I'm reacting to it. So 10 years from now, I don't forget it because a lot of things that I was physically there for when I was in corporate America, my mom will have to say, you don't remember it. Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't remember any of that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't showing up. Emotionally, it was the same exact way. Like I have awesome, awesome young men that I've raised. And I'm not just saying that because they're mine. So I did some things right, but I still feel like emotionally, there may have been even some more detachment where now, like I'm so close with my boys. We have these serious yeah. conversations. So showing up that way. And then spiritually, always, always have had a relationship with God. Now that relationship is so much deeper and I feel like I can hear from him more. I am in my word more. So everything has changed. It it felt like I was doing everything before, but I think I was just going through the the motions before. And now I feel like I'm doing the things, but actually embedding all of that and thinking about what I'm thinking about, thinking about what I'm doing and making true memories versus, you know, in the corporate realm where I'm like just screaming my head off and trying to go from one place to another. Yeah, it's corporate can get, I had an offer in corporate. I I loved it. I loved it. And um, I think we were saying before, like sometimes you miss some things like, you know, steady paycheck, company car. Benefits. Yeah, the yeah. benefits. Yeah. And I had, I traveled to like 30 states for free because then I would just take a kid or take my spouse and we we're like, stay for an extra couple of days without yes. free. Like I miss all that stuff, but I would never go back because now, and you can do this while you're in corporate, but I didn't. Now I recognize the importance of exactly what you said, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual, and how you make those things priority versus making your job the priority. Well, and I think it needs to be said too, that we still have to be careful as entrepreneurs because we set our own boundaries. I'm admittedly not good at setting boundaries. And so I, so I, you know, I'm, this is something that I'm working on and this is something that I'm excited actually about bringing the office in because like, for example, so my girls are 22, 20, I have three girls. So 22, 20 and 11. And so the fact that I have the fuzzy blanket couch, you know, in, in my office, Like, and right now, because of the pandemic, she's in online school. And so like she had finished her school for the day. I was between calls and I was like, come on in, you know, come sit with me for a little bit. And I was like, let's talk about what's going on with you. What's going on with life? What's going on with your friends? You know, because she's having to learn how to socialize in this new environment. And, and these are conversations that would never have happened in my previous life. And there's like a pivotal moment for me. And like, when I think about it, it makes me emotional every time. And that's when my 22 year old was 12 and, or maybe she was 13, but she was in seventh, sixth grade and she was selected for a solo in the honor choir. And I missed the performance because I was working in downtown Seattle, which I live outside of Seattle. And so it was like a huge commute and it was just going to be a big pain. And I just didn't, I was just like, it's just a choir concert. Like 
I just kind of blew it off. And then my husband, and this is 10 years ago, so you can imagine the recording was pretty rough. Um, (laughs) He recorded it and then he posted it right away or he sent it to me. And I remember sitting in my corner office with this beautiful view of of the skyline and everything and watching this video and just all of a sudden, and I get emotional thinking about it, just bawling. And I was thinking, I miss that. Like I miss that moment and I will never get it back. And I said, from that moment on, I will never miss another choir concert. I will show up for these events. And sorry, I get so emotional when I think about that. But the thing is, is like we as entrepreneurs have to be intentional because we get so passionate about what we're doing because we do feel that we are living out our purpose. If you don't feel, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't feel you're living out your purpose, please go back to corporate. (laughs) Because because it literally is so exhausting and it takes everything out of you and it can be so beautiful, but you need a job and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that is, there are people, not everybody is built to be an entrepreneur, but we have to prioritize and like, maybe it'll be 2022 because I'm not ready, but like (laughs) putting my body first, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, like we have to prioritize our mental health. We have to prioritize our physical health. We have to prioritize our family in whatever way that works for us. But for me, it's like, Whatever of these events, you know, my second daughter is in musical theater. And so mm-hmm. I would go to, and she, what, she's very blessed. She's very talented. And so she would typically get a lead or a supporting role. And I would go every night yeah. and they were expensive tickets. And I would <laughs> be like, but, and, and this is, I just did some healing for myself around surrender. And one of the things that God told me in this, and I know this is a business podcast. Y'all get over. It's my podcast. We're going to talk about God for a second. But one of the things that God told me in this surrender healing process was he actually showed me at my daughter's shows and how like every time she would finish and they would do the bows and they would come out and like, she would be the one of the last ones because she was the lead actors. And he says, what do you do every time you're standing and you're clapping? And what do you say? You point at your daughter and you say, I made that. And I do. That's what I say every time I made that. And he goes, well, Raya Grace, I made that. I that. Oh. And he, he says, you need to know that you are my child. And I am proud of who you are with all the flaws, with your potty mouth, with everything you are, with the vulnerability, with the insecurity, with the imperfections. I made that. Like, I made who you are. And if you can't own that, like, but but that's the thing is like, what if I missed that? Yeah. What if I missed out on those moments? And yeah. so you have to be, you have to be super intentional about your boundaries. And for me, I'm so blessed that, I mean, I'm a night owl. So like I do a lot of my work in the middle, like really late hours and all that, but you know, I'm here, like they can come, if I'm not in a meeting, they can come in and they can be like, Hey mama, what you doing? You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm part of their life. And so I have that flexibility, but I also sometimes need to shut it off and just go and like make eye contact, you know? And also like put that in there. So I think it's so important to pay attention to your physical, to your emotional, to your spiritual, whatever that looks like for you, because it's not, and there are people who don't consider themselves to be spiritual people. Well, maybe that's research and science, maybe that's personal development, 
maybe that's whatever that might be, but build mindset, like build whatever that practice is for you. You know, maybe it's journaling and really like a gratitude journal and thinking about what, you know, what you are really reflecting on for yourself. And, and so like, for me, this healing process that I am going through is really just evaluating where are the things where I'm getting stuck and like, how can I propel myself forward? Because this train is not stopping. Like I am like going through the stratosphere, you know what I mean? But you have to have fuel. You do. You You have to have that fuel and you have to also evaluate where's your tracks headed to. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's and, the, so I think that's so, so important. You're right. Because I'm, I can completely tie the life that I led to my big crash. And I also tied to, to my kids in the, in this manner. So the year of my crash of 2017, my son graduated from high school the very next year. My oldest son was getting his master's degree that very next year. So it, I think my body finally said, your son can drive, your baby can drive now, your baby can take care of himself, he's going off to college, boom. And I think my whole body, just it, it just crashed. It completely mm-hmm. crashed because now, finally, I wasn't worried about my job. I wasn't as worried, you'll always be worried about your kids, not as worried about my children. And that time for me, unfortunately, instead of it becoming a time where I was excited and could do new things, it was like my body was like, nope. Now you need to find time to reset so you can do other things. Right. And that's what I don't want for women. I don't want women to work, work, work until you're physically ill and it shows up as, you know, high cortisol levels or, you know, your hair is thinning and falling out. You have acne and rapid heartbeat. All of those things are signs of overwork, not taking care of your body. And yeah, that, that's what I and don't we know. We know even before those, we know and we ignore, like we know that we're doing it and we ignore because we think we can do it all and we can't. Yeah. Bottom line, we can't, we can do many, many things, but we cannot do it all. Yeah. You're going to give. Yeah. I can do it. I can take care of my kids. I can help their friends. I can, I was volunteering. I was working. I was at my church three to four days a week. Like, oh yeah, I, this is easy. I can do it all and boom, just like that. Yep. God closed the door. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Always the door. Always pray for that. Open what yes. door should be open, close what door should be closed. And then sometimes I'm like, wait, I don't know if I wanted that one closed. <laughs> what would you say for you was the hardest part about starting a business after experiencing what you did, even though you were super passionate about it? I think everybody... Like for those who are thinking about starting a business or who are in the beginning stages, like, I think we don't talk about this enough. Like what was for you the hardest part about starting a business and, and getting going in your purpose work? Yeah. So mine was mental and it was around not having consistent paycheck. Like since I was 15 years old, I've always had a paycheck, you know, every two weeks you get a paycheck. And I, so it was that mindset, like, Am I good enough? Is this really going to work? Will anyone trust me with their health concerns? And will I start getting paid? So I had to do some work on myself. And it's not like magically you're all healed. It's like a a process where you're continuing to talk to yourself and talk through different issues. 
to make sure that you, you move those distractions out of the way, move that, what is it called? Imposter syndrome. Yes. All of that out of the way in order for you to step into your purpose. I, yeah, that's so true. And I think mine definitely was mindset as well. And just like, not just like imposter syndrome, but just flat out fear and anxiety, like, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and also I think there was a maturity level that happened and it, it, it like, so I've been in business just shy of three years because like it was March or May ish of 2018 that I started doing this as like a side business. And so I like, when I niched down Mm-hmm. and stopped accepting everything and started saying this is specifically who I serve and the way that I serve it which really only happened within the last like 9 months or so that was really scary for Isn't me. that scary? That it was so really scary because then I'm like, how am I going to make money? Like if I don't do everything for everyone and now I'm getting to the point too where I'm like having discovery calls with people because the service, I mean, like everyone needs a virtual assistant. So, and even a personal assistant. So like people are constantly curious about the services that we provide or whatever, but it's not a fit for everybody. And so I'm starting to get more comfortable saying like, you know, like I remember there was this one client who was really interested. She wanted to talk to one of my clients. I had her talk to one of my clients and she came back and she's like, I still feel really hesitant. I'm not sure about the cost. And I just said to her very gracefully, I feel like you need to lean into that hesitancy. <laughs> like, it's okay. You know, yeah. but maybe that means that I'm not a good fit for you. And that's totally okay. Cause it's mm-hmm. not going to be for everybody. So like, basically I cut it off because yeah. at that point I had spent a lot of time trying to convince her and she still was hesitant, which to me says not a good fit and yeah. it's not worth my time, her time, any of it, but you have to come to that maturity as a business owner where you can say no, like actually we're not a good match and it's okay because there's so many, let me refer you to somebody else that is probably going to be a better fit. And if they're not, they probably know somebody else like keep exploring because I truly want the best for every person that I come in contact with. And if I'm not the best, I'm secure enough in myself, which I was not in the very beginning because I was living in fear. I was living in scarcity. I was missing the paycheck. I was worried that I was like screwing my family over financially or whatever it might be. And, and now just to be able to say, no, it's so powerful. It's so good. You know, like, and the thing is you draw more in of the yes. I was going to say, yeah, that's right. That that maturity to say no helps you draw more in and you don't get that at first. And there's no. so many people that I talked to and it, like you would, I was trying to like, I, I need to do everything. I need to say the sales, you know, pitch the right way. And I need to make them understand how good I can be for them. And then when I sit back, I'm like, oh my goodness, thank goodness. I didn't work with that person because they wouldn't have done the work. It would have been, it would have been more draining on me and I yes. wouldn't have been able to help them to see the bigger picture in the end. So now being able to step in and own the fact that, nope, this is my niche. This is who I work with. This is how I'm going to help them and leave it at that. Well, and, and for me, I'm, I, like I said, I'm bullheaded. So this is a lesson that I've learned through a, like too. by saying yes, 
to things I should have said no to, and then ending up having to give them a partial refund because Mm -hmm. we find out halfway through the process that we're not a good match. And, and I didn't technically, because contractually, I didn't have to give them a partial refund, but I, I also felt like, no, I don't actually want to work with you. Like you're not doing the work or you're not my ideal client. And it's not because of anything about you. It's just that we, as a partnership, because I think when you go into business with somebody, I call it a sacred commitment. Mm -hmm. Like doesn't matter if you sell life insurance. Or if you're doing health and wellness coaching for divorced women, or if you're doing virtual assistant matchmaking, when you go into business with somebody and you say yes, it is a sacred commitment to give it your all. And then the client is also like, I'm in the process right now of changing my quote unquote contract mm-hmm. to call it's called our promise. And That's so. I'm so it will be our this is what we promise to you and this is what you promise to us so you're also promising back these things to us and then we have like a little mini terms and conditions like some legalese type stuff but really like in the bottom end of the end of the day like who's going to go to court and fight these things you know what I mean like really what it is is setting the expectation And so that's why I said, like, let's just throw this out the window and do the contract totally different. Like, what is working? What is not working? Let's look at the best scenarios that we've had. Let's look at the worst scenarios. And what did we need from that client to serve them better? And what did we do that we could have done better? And like, when did we show up? And when did our clients show up? And then let's put that into your promise to us and our promise to you because then it's very clear. This is what's needed to make this a successful, sacred commitment to each other. And I think that, again, it comes with maturity to be able to be confident in yourself and to know the paycheck is coming. It is coming, but it is rough in the beginning. Like, and that leads us into the next one and the next topic that, you know, sort of the the last question that we were going to talk about, which is suffering alone. And I think in the beginning, we feel because of imposter syndrome, we feel like we can't say that we are suffering. We can't say that we don't know what we're doing because we feel like people won't partake of our services if we're authentically showing up because they're going to discount our expertise. But again, we're there for a reason. We have these skills, this purpose, this message, this mission that we've been given for a reason. And so it doesn't matter if this is client number one, you're prepared, you're ready. And so you have to know that it's okay to say, I'm having these, you know, like find your safe person, your accountability. Like I will have, there's a couple people and one of them is my sister. Mm -hmm. And so I come from a family of all girls as well. So I actually have, I have three sisters, one of four girls. And so my younger sister, who's next after me, some days I'm just having such a low day that I'll literally like find a gift that says like, tell me something good. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or I'll like call her or send her a little voice clip and I'll be like, 
tell me something good. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, and then I'm just like, I literally need to hear something from you that is like positive and wonderful. And she's like, your hair looks on fleek today, you know, like whatever it might be. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. My hair does look good today. You know what I mean? Like whatever it might be, but you just need that. (laughs) So now that's your new thing. When you call your accountability partner, you're going to send them a voice message. You're going to be like, tell me something good. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, you know, it's important to know that first of all, it is absolutely normal to suffer in the sense that you feel out of your element and you feel insecure and you feel, I mean, sometimes it's straight up suffering in the beginning, like financially and emotionally, and you, you feel unprepared, you feel insecure, but the only answer to that is to share it with someone else. Yeah. And find a safe person. You, you not everybody is going to go on Facebook and like. I mean, I've done a, I've done like a podcast called The Vulnerable Leader where I've talked about. I mean, like I put all my biz out there, and I and I do it because it's for the times where I feel I'm laying in bed with my fuzzy blanket because wow. reasons, and I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking to myself again, like. I have no business doing this. I should go and get a job. But then I tell myself like, dude, I have put all my biz on blast. Like I would be so embarrassed, so embarrassed to like wrap it up and be like, you know what? I'm sorry. Never mind. Like, and not even because, (laughs) not even because the business went down. It's because I'm too insecure to keep going. You know what I mean? So it's an accountability thing for me, but also I feel like if I am blessed with this gift to be vulnerable, then so be it. I need to put myself out there because not everybody is blessed with the Raya Rant gift. You know what I mean? So I think that, you know, talk to me a little bit about for you, what was that like in the beginning where you felt like you had to suffer alone and how you like overcame that? And I love that. I mean, tell me about your clients because you are now you're being that person for your clients too. And your clients are going through or have recently gone through divorce. That Mm -hmm. is catastrophic. I mean, that's something that, I mean, even if it's a happy separation, like where you're like, oh, thank God I'm done with that person. You know what I mean? It's still a total and complete upheaval of your life and who and identity and everything I remember even just getting married. And of course I was 19 when I got married. So I was a baby and had no business getting married. (laughs) Thankfully for me, we are 23 years still married and, you know, like that's grateful, but I had an identity crisis just getting married. So I can't even imagine. And I empathize, you know, or not, well, I mean, I sympathize, I should say with those going through divorce because you've, you're now doing the reverse process where you're like, I'm not the single woman that I was before I was married. I have experienced this whole lifetime in my marriage, whether that was six months or 23 years or 50 years, you know, I'm this new woman, but who the hell is this woman that I am? And I'm going through physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all of these things, you know, and so, you know, and they maybe don't feel like they can express 
express that to other people. And so you are that person. So tell me what it was like for you moving into being an entrepreneur, but then also how you help people, you know, who maybe aren't entrepreneurs, but how your business helps people who are going through a similar process. Yeah. So I, for me, it was all internal. So the, the house, my kids, my family, my mom, the outside sources were all like, okay. Like when you say you're going to do something, you normally do it. Like there was no big cheering squad. They were like, okay. And kind of let me do what I needed to do. My struggle became internal. Again, the things that we talked about, am I good enough? Is this really going to work? Who's going to actually trust me with their medical information? Because I ask you everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Like those were the, the struggles that I had to work to overcome. And again, had to put people and processes in place to make sure that I didn't step out of this this purpose. So again, having an accountability partner, using the word of God to know that I am his child, I'm good enough. So if he's saying I'm good enough, I have to be good enough. Mm-hmm. All of those things are things that help me. And what I do with the women that I coach, it depends on where you are, because I have a couple of clients where they're like, yeah, whatever, I got a divorce, let's figure out this nutrition thing. And another, a couple of clients are like, I am not good enough. I don't know why this happened to me. And the other clients are, I can, I'm not in control. So it depends on where you are. It's how I work with you. You just need nutrition. Let's go for it. Let's figure it out. If there's some gaps, we'll figure that out in between. If it's control, what? if you're no longer in control, what can you take control of? Your own personal body. So how does that look? showing up for yourself, doing things like you mentioned, the gratitude journal. Then I teach them self-affirmations, making sure that you're you're exercising or moving your body. And then what I really focus a lot on, because I know that's that was a huge part of why I got as sick as I was on top of the stress, is nutrition. So you can control what you eat, you can control what your children eat, and how does how does that taking control at, at least that part of your life, how does that show up for you? And how does that help you take control of the next aspect, whether it be your finances or the next career that you move into? So I build the platform for the people that I work with based on where they are, what they need, and what will be the best way for them to show up long term. I love that. And the fact that you're a sounding board so that they don't have to do it by themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's so, that's so important. This is totally unrelated, but that's, again, it's my freaking podcast. So whatever I like, so I had bariatric surgery in 2015 And when I, and this is why I know, like, and I feel confident that when I'm, I've really focused my energy on, like, I can really only focus my energy on one like aspect and that I've done it on my mental and my spiritual health over the last couple of years. And so it will come back around to my body health. But when I, when I am really focused on my body health, I do feel a sense of like, God, this feels good. Like, not just like physically good, but like that I'm using food as fuel. You know what I mean? Like that I'm not in this place where, and for me, I needed, not everybody needs that, but I I needed the bariatric surgery. I had the vertical sleeve gastrectomy. So the VSG or the sleeve. Mm -hmm. And so my body processes food exactly like everybody else's body, but I have portion control. 
So I feel full faster than other people might feel full. And I needed that because my body likes being pleasantly plump or chunky. You know what I mean? Like that's okay. And, and also I feel because I've been working on my mental and spiritual health, I'm feeling good in my body. Like I'm finally accepting, like, this is the body that I was given. I know that the fact that, and I will straight up admit it, that I am drinking a monster and had birthday cake Oreos for breakfast is probably not the best life choice, but you know, and that I, that I don't supplement as much as I need to. And all of those things, it's all going to come around full circle But I feel like there are areas like that when we do pay attention to our physical or our mental or our spiritual health, where we can say like, ooh, this feels really good. Like it feels not just because of the the direct effects of that, but like I have, I feel like a monochrome of control. Like, and it can, and it's difficult to balance because I can tend to be an dream person. So I have to be very careful not to like punish myself or feel like go too far, you know, but it's about finding that like, maybe you drink water, Raya, like a couple times a day, you know, like maybe that could be a thing. Like I have a a girlfriend that I just introduced you to Kira Whittem, who does similar coaching, but she specializes with women who live with autoimmune disease. And she's like, what's the biggest struggle that you have with your health? And I'm like, water. Like, I just hate it. Like, I just absolutely hate it. But it's so necessary for life. And and so I think like when it comes back to it, it's like finding these things where we can put our life in balance. And I saw it on Facebook. Somebody, it was Tracy Warren, who's been on the podcast before, but She found it somewhere else, but she was saying like the work-life balance is like playing Jenga. Yeah. And it's like, you pull one out, but you got to put one in to like, make sure that it doesn't crumble. And that's really like a good analogy for all of the things that we've been talking about. This pain with a purpose, this like finding the balance, this, you know, dealing with the insecurities, this finding these multifaceted parts of our life. Is like, we really are this whole person with this tower of Jenga. And it's okay when you come to a different part of your life to pull out a piece. Yes. It's okay. It's totally normal to change the way that shape looks, but you got to put a piece back in. Right. You got to keep the foundation going and, you know, keep it, keep it going or it does come crumbling down. And then you know what, if it all comes down, put it back together, start over again. It's okay to start over again. Like, and sometimes we have to let it rain down. Like sometimes the crap just has to come down and that's all right. Like Jenga starts again. You know what I mean? But I just like, I've loved this conversation with you. I think it's so important for people to know, first of all, that you can transition from a very painful situation, whether that be physical pain, mental pain, spiritual pain, you know, a huge life change like divorce, you know, whatever it might be getting fired, you know, whatever that might be for you, you can transition into something that calls you and and fulfills your purpose. And maybe that's being an entrepreneur. I'm just saying you get fuzzy blankets and horizontal time and, you know, and being... 
That's right. <laughs> you know, like, but maybe it is corporate, but you are more selective in the environments that and the corporate culture that you you opt into. Don't miss the choir concerts, people. Like you will regret it for the rest of your life. And also like celebrate the fact that you were made for a purpose, whether or not you believe whatever higher source you believe in, you were made like that, that being is standing up and clapping and saying, I made that, like I made that, like, and you are bringing something special to the universe. You are the answer to a problem in the universe. And I just thank you so much because I've gotten a lot out of this conversation and I just love, like, love what you're doing and the life that you are speaking into these women as you are working with them, because, you know, you, you can be the one where they're, they call and they say, tell me something good, you know, like (laughs) what they, you can be that person. And I encourage the listeners to be that person to somebody else. And if you need it, reach out, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, if you need it, we're going to put Stephanie's information in our show notes. You know what? Send Stephanie an email and the subject line says, tell me something good. You know what I mean? Like, reach out to Stephanie, especially if you're a woman going through divorce who's feeling that some part of your life is out of balance, whether that be nutrition, mindset, whatever it might be. Stephanie has been through what you are going through. She understands the intricacies of what it is. And she's been called her purpose is to serve you. And so Stephanie, thank you so much for being with us today. I just love everything. I feel like I can go and get it today. Like, you know, right. (laughs) So there's two questions that I ask every guest. And I really am excited to hear your answers. So the first question is on the topic of pain with purpose and all of the things that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. if our audience only has one thing that they walk away from because they're squirrely and they can only remember one thing, what would be the one tidbit that you would want them to take away from this conversation so that they don't forget? Yeah. And we didn't go deep into this, but to become your own advocate. Yes. So when you're starting to feel that way, you know, the hair loss, the anxiety or whatever, if you're going to the doctors and people are ignoring you, find someone else to go to. Yes. Advocate for yourself because your health is so, so important. Yes, absolutely. I like, again, tangential, but when I was having my first child, I had an OBGYN who was awful to me like absolutely awful. And because I was so young, I didn't realize that you could change doctors. And I believe I blamed it on myself. I'm like, Oh, I'm being too sensitive. Like, this is what this is normal. Like I should just trust him, you know, and I'm just being, I'm just being, you know, like, it's me, it's me, it's me. And then, you know, like the bottom line is like 42 year old me would be like, F you, I'm finding somebody else. Like, don't you dare treat me like that. No way. And, you know, like, and and I think that, and that's every service in your life, advocate for yourself, every place in your life. If you're not resonating with that person, if you don't feel respected, if you don't feel listened to, then, but especially your health. Yeah. If you're not being listened to that, that's so true. Like just, and I'm teaching, I'm actually teaching my adult daughters the same thing. 
Like if you don't resonate with the person that you are seeing on, and I call it a care team, I tell them, you know, like you should have a counselor, even if you're feeling good, like I'm a big proponent of therapy, you know, have someone you can just bounce some stuff off of about your week. You know what I mean? Like we, we have insurance benefits, use it. You know what I mean? Like have a counselor, you should have, you know, your medical provider. If you have specialists, have a care team, but if you're not like feeling it out, out. I'm not joking. 18 different doctors, Eastern Western medicine. If they were saying, oh, nothing's wrong with you. And I knew something was wrong next. Yep. You have to advocate for you. Yeah, absolutely. So the last question, and this is always my favorite because the answers vary all over the place. But if you could give us what is the best piece of advice that you've been given in your lifetime, it can come from any source and on any topic, but something that you carry with you tucked in your heart and that really inspires you and is like your own little inner mantra or something that just really like resonates with you. Yeah. So mine is something that I read and uh, it's in the Bible. So I love I read, it. I am a child of God. And I honestly believe if he is, my belief is that he is overall in control of all. And if I'm his kid, then I get to show up like a princess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Show up because things are available to me because that is my father. So that's I love that. I love that. That's so good. And uh, you know, there's some that's something that I've like struggled with. And but I think that, you know, again, it's like you gotta pour from somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. So your source and your divine connection is so so important. And you have to have a place where you can surrender and be vulnerable. And like, for me, I think that's such a beautiful analogy because I would hope that my children would feel that way with Mm -hmm. me, that they could come to me with all of their, you know, ickies, so to speak, you know, and they could be truly and authentically themselves and feel unconditional love. And my, my eldest, when she was two, she was like a demon child. Like she just was so bad. She was so naughty. And I remember calling my dad and just like in tears. And I'm like, why is she good for everyone else? Everyone else. And I get her home and she is horrific. Like she's just awful. And he said, you're the only person she can let it out with. That is so true. As a parent, when you that, that's huge when you and he's like she has to be on her best behavior for everyone else and at the end of the day she is exhausted she is tired she has held it together and you are her safety net you are her place of respite and she can let it all out with you and he goes so it's a compliment yeah it's a compliment and so that in in you take that to the spiritual realm and you say like i'm a child of god you know like you can take all that you are to mm-hmm. that place and mm-hmm. lay it all out and know that you are unconditionally loved. And so again, you know, like for me, that's God, you know, for other people, that's something else, you know, but, but I think you have to find what that is and you have to surrender to it because we as people are flawed and imperfect and we need a place to fill our cup. So I love that piece of advice and thank you so much for sharing it. And thank you for being on the show. This was a lot of fun. 
me. I had a great time as well. I, the sun is like moving in and I, I'm moving back in for people watching. You know what here. though? It's okay. You know why the sun is, is coming in? Because it's, it's his love shining down yes. on you. Bring it yes. in sunshine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank, thank you. you again. And I'm Raya Gonzalez, the host of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. We have had so much fun having Stephanie here with us today, and we hope that you'll join us next week and every week for episodes just like this, where we do real talk for entrepreneurs who want to serve with more heart. And thank you so much and have a great day.